You're listening to the Rebel Scum Podcast. You are always scum. Rebel Scum. From odds making to list rankings, we've got you covered. And don't forget to join us on Patreon for early access and exclusive content. Here are your hosts, Brock and James. 170 episodes of the Rebel Scum Podcast, and neither one of us know how to start a show. Yeah. That's how we roll, like BB-8 on Jakku. Or Dio. Dio? I mean, Dio. <laughs> I like Star Wars. <laughs> I saw a Dio Pez dispenser at Dollarama. Oh, cool. And Ray. Dio and Ray. And Jurassic Park World Kingdom Fallen Dinosaurs and other <laughs> ones. And I didn't buy any of them because they were still more expensive than I've paid for a Pez dispenser in my life. Yeah, that's the thing. Like the Pez dispensers are cool with the especially with the Funko heads on them, but like how many Pez do you need? I got the low gray one. Is that the yeah, that's the one you're pulling yeah, out there. I got I that have, one as well. I have the uh I don't know where it is. The Praetorian Guard Pez dispenser. Like it's here somewhere. Anyway, it's like the legit Pez though. It's not the Funko, it's the legit Pez. I got it for a dollar <laughs> from a store that's very expensive, bulk burn. When it comes to stuff. <laughs> but like they were two fifty dollars. They didn't have the Praetorian Guard. They had Ray and uh Dio. Mm. And Jurassic Fallen World Kingdom of Dinosaurs, those things also. Um That was it. I th- and then I think they had like Paw Patrol, because I don't know if you've been to Dollarama, but it's all about Paw Patrol. Yeah, I all haven't in a while but like yeah i remember there being tons of that stuff ask me why i was at dollarama i cannot remember but i tell you it was for an essential (laughs) it was definitely for an essential i don't remember why but i was there it was just a couple days ago good times good times great oldies we got a lot of cool things to talk about today including this gun right here not not specifically this gun but the owner of said gun and possibly Boba not Fett. not being in the Mandalorian. Boba Fett played by Tamora Morrison. The, here's the qu- okay. Let's just skip all of this bull crap and just get to the yeah. big topic of the day, and that is the Disney Gallery show. Oh yes, okay. The first episode was like, this is really good. And the second episode, mm-hmm. I was like, this is good. And third episode, I'm like, this is good. And this episode, I was like, this yeah. is yeah. what I want to watch. Yeah. It was because so I heard that it was about the technology, and I texted him like, "I'm really excited." You're like, "It's good." Like you're like, "It's really good," and I and I was literally. It starts off if you haven't seen it, spoilers, but it's about the Mandalorian. It starts off with John Favreau talking about creating the Jungle Book and then the Lion King. Yeah, uh-huh. and he starts off with like Elf and Zathrin, and I was like, "Okay, I'm all." Because look, Elf. The greatest thing with Elf is the effects in that movie are fantastic. In Elf, yeah, and there's not a lot, and they're subtle. The, the subtlety of them is what's yeah, brilliant yeah. about them, right? And so he, he's just saying, like, the opening two minutes, I was like, this is the best episode of the show, period. Right? Like, <laughs> it could have ended right there, and it would have been the best one. Yeah. Um, so anyway, what were your takeaways from Gallery um, Episode 4? It's wild, because I work with LED Walls at, at my job in corporate, and it's, like, they're, like, so cool to work with, because it's just kind of limitless what you can achieve yeah. with it uh especially if you have like some like program like a virtual display program like watch out or uh resolume i don't know what they're using 
in it. I've seen the stuff when they're showing the screens without content on it, just using like a like a whole uh, placeholder image, uh, which was so fun because they like with projection and virtual mapping like that. It looked familiar to me in the wor- in my world, but like at an advanced scale. So I don't know what they're using, but it the concept of like okay, so we're looking at it this way, so it's A B C. So that's how they're like designing it. <laughs> I love that the B was a picture of Bosk as well. <laughs> uh, but man, it made me it made me nostalgic for work because <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, like you spend like hours in a room where you've built like some kind of projection or an LED wall or whatever uh, projection mapping, and you just stare at like test patterns. <laughs> so it was like, oh wow. Um, and it's wild because I don't think anyone understood what they were doing, right? I yeah. think they said, oh, we've been using LED walls. And everyone was like, yeah, it's an LED perimeter. It was a room. Like, the thing is, it like, most of that, is it all of that stuff shot in the room? So, they did some stuff outside, right? I, I don't know because the, the, the first yeah. episode with the directors, they showed stuff from Bryce Dallas Howard directing, and it looked like they were outside. But yeah. then they showed things in this one, and I was like, maybe they weren't outside. And it, I was just, I was, it was just at my. I was honest. I was honestly waiting for a moment when they keep going back to the round table stuff, and it turns out they've been sitting in the volume the whole time. That's what it's called, the volume. The volume. Uh, well, they said that uh, they had a directors meeting with like the presidents and stuff, people. Yes, and like, like no one knew. Like it was Filoni and Favreau, and no one knew yeah. that they were in a. A fictional room. It's the holodeck <laughs> from Star Trek. It's I love created that. I love the part where they talk to George Lucas. Are they all? Does he say anything? Yeah, he or does. they just he relate? He kind of reiterates what they said earlier. Well, yeah, yeah. But it's just like this is what he's been dreaming of for like years. <laughs> and, and to that point, like Favreau's like, we were like, we we're designing all this, and then he's like, I go to Kathy Kennedy. She goes, oh yeah, this is what George was trying to do back in the prequel days. And yeah, then George like, Lucas is like, sorry, he's on set. And he's like, we were trying to do this, you know, back then. But it, it's like, oh, his mind was like ten yeah, years was, ahead. Bryce Bryce Dallas Howard. I swear she just got hired because she knows all these things yeah. about George Lucas, where he. <laughs> She said he when he was shooting the prequels, he said, one day you'll be able to do this in your garage. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you won't even know. And you, yeah, you don't. it's so insane. But I, I did. I love, though, how the one thing that I loved about this show was it didn't just show the technology being used and, and the video game aspect that like all that was yeah, amazingly yeah. brilliant. But when he started and he was like, well, I did Elf, then did Zathra. Then yeah. Iron Man, and like, then we did Jungle Book. He goes, but the problem, and the th- and you know what? I've always had this thing with um, with green screen. The lighting on green screen has always been off. And if you watch a lot of movies on green screen, they're, they're very like haloed. Uh, a lot of yeah. characters are haloed, and I've always, and I've never been able to figure that out. And then this one kind yeah. of, it's the shadows. They can't match the shadows, or the cinematographers yeah. aren't lighting what the actual light's going to be because they don't know. Yeah, and uh, and. And there, so he tried to get around that in the in the Jungle Book, and then the Lion King. They took it to the next level, and now they've. I'm just curious, like, what is next? Like, like definitely, you're not gonna no like with a pandemic going on like it is right now. You're they're making it already, so you'll never need to travel anywhere ever again to make a movie. Yeah, 
Like, oh, we're going to shoot this on location. Mm, by the way, I've got a 75-foot screen in my house. Why don't you come over? And we'll sh-. Like, Robert Rodriguez, I'm guaranteeing you right now, after he directed his episode of season two, because yeah. he has that green screen studio in, like, his basement where he shot Shark Boy and Lava Girl or whatever. Right. He's probably, like, he's probably built the volume in his basement. <laughs> like, if I, like, Robert Rodriguez is going to have a movie every six. He's going to be the Stephen King of movies pretty soon <laughs> because he's going to be like, let's just shoot it. Bye-bye. It'll do it all. Yeah, yeah. And it'll be Antonio Banderas, Selma Hayek, and the kids from Shark Boy and Lava Tank. And they're going to be whatever. It's going to be great. Yeah, like... I love the part where you, they say it's like now all of a sudden you have 12 hours of sunset or sunrise. Yeah. Because they're in full control of everything. And I'm like, wow. And it's just and it's cool, too, because it, I think it's not just the LEDs. It's it's all the set involved in it, too. And like the set decoration interacts with what's on the screen. Right. It like they I think they said. The Razor Crest, they build half of it for the part uh-huh. that they walk out of, and then the rest of the Razor Crest is just the LED wall. And just it blows your mind. Like it's and it's just the fact that like I love how like they th- <laughs> I I think Favreau definitely knows what he's talking about, but I do like watching Kathleen Kennedy explain it because I think she understands it on a very general idea. Yeah. And she's just letting them go with it. Like I like how she's like, when I worked on Indian in the cupboard, I think that's the <laughs> second time she referenced Indian in the cupboard in the series. But it's a good point because it's like this is what we would do, and it wasn't even green screen. I don't think it was something else. I can't remember what she says. Yeah. But it's just like to go from this to that. It's just it's 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 wild. It's like they probably once that becomes easier to build, mm-hmm. they'll never have to shoot outside again. <laughs> Which think think of like pandemic aside, obviously weather. Yeah, you never have to worry about weather. Never. You never have to worry about. I mean, it could be devastating to you know Vancouver and Toronto. Yeah. (laughs) So they should really jump on that. No, I think I was saying to you, either off camera or maybe once on the show, I was working on American Gods with an LED wall, but used in a, like a sense of it's just, look, there's a massive LED yeah. panel in this set. And it was right when this, like the news of this LED wall came out that like near the end of it, this one guy was like, yeah, so this, I was talking to one of my colleagues and now he wants to buy all these LED panels and do what the Mandalorian does. And I'm like, I mean, you can, <laughs> I think there's a lot more to it than we know. And it's just dumbfounding. Cause it's like, it's it's interesting that like VR or yeah VR being used in this too for shooting uh-huh. like in Lion King I had no clue now that makes so much more sense yeah it's they just utilize they and the, the thing that I love the thing you know the with Favreau because we're always like well George Lucas Favreau's got that Lucas quality where he I yeah. I don't he's thinking of the future where I think Lucas was a little bit more in tune with the technology yeah. and how to get there. Whereas Favreau's more like, give me the toy. I want the toys. How do I get the toys? And he's like, that toy is not good enough. How do I get a better toy? Like, let's, he's more, so it's not disrespect to him. They're they're different minds, obviously, is what I'm saying. But he's got that aspiration of let's, let's up the, this, what James Cameron was saying, The Force Awakens lacked is what he was bringing to The Mandalorian. He, like, The Mandalorian changed movie making. For it's gonna yeah. change the way they make movies. Oh yeah, forever. Like that's that's gonna be 
that is such a game changer and and it's crazy that it started with the jungle book with the shadows yeah and then uh lion yeah. king right and but it's it's such a but that was something that i really took from. like i said though every time i watch something with a lot of green screen the one thing i always notice is yeah is the light is always off there's something always off and it was it's yeah. the shadows it's like yeah that makes complete sense and then they had that weird wall and i was like i don't know what's happening but hopefully nobody <laughs> nobody yeah. had seizures working on this movie because it was that was crazy uh yeah and it's like so realistic that people are like oh god there's a fire it's like yeah oh, that's, like, will, it's, it's everything about it was just I was blown. I hope the next episode just continues on with this one. And would you, who do you think owns the volume? Is it Disney or is it, is it a, another company? Because it seemed like there was a, I think they use the word think tank of people putting this all together. I I, I feel, and I could be way off because um, I haven't Googled this or looked it up, but I think it is Lucasfilm, ILM. Oh, know. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> what am I saying? I'm saying, I'm going to say ILM. Mm-hmm. But I think it was just they got a bunch of like great minds together to come and, up with it, and that's a good point. ILM isn't like I mean now technically it's probably and, more affiliated with Disney, but like it's always it's never just been like a thing of Lucasfilm. Like ILM did a lot of different things for a lot of different productions. Yeah, the best. The reason I, the best. Yeah, exactly. The reason I ask is like. You know they're gonna once this becomes a little bit more affordable, apply this to theme parks. Like, this is Disney's future, well, Disney World and Disneyland. I mean, they kind of already do it, but yeah, you know what I mean, you came on the dra- the King Kong ride with us, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's that, all the walls exactly. on. Exactly, and yeah. it was I, that ride I thought was extremely fun. Yeah, and it was oh, basically yeah. I, watching a movie, and it, you're just going like this. Yeah, so that's it. Yeah, because like we went on the Gringotts, uh, yeah. and Harry Potter ride, and we're, I don't. Well, I would love. I think I said to you guys after we went on, I was like, I would love to see what it actually looks like with all the lights on, so yeah. you can, with, and, and the protection. Because <laughs> there's a point where like you're supposed to be in the mine cart for the bank, yeah. and Voldemort blows up the track, and you fall into darkness. Yeah, <laughs> remember that part? Yeah. I don't like rides and like you, you and Aaron sitting beside me and all you hear is silence as we're about to teeter over and Aaron's like, oh, bro. <laughs> She's like, I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> but no, seriously, I mean, I think, I think they'll start applying this to theme parks, especially Disney, Disneyland, Disney World, or Universal. Like, oh you my have, goodness. You haven't made the Epcot, right? No, I haven't. I have been to Epcot. Did you go on the Soren ride? No, because okay, it's yeah. not a ride. You talk her into doing it. Here's what. Here's <laughs> no seriously. So we didn't know what to expect. First of all, Putty from Seinfeld is the guy talking to you on the screen as you wait in line. Right. And so you get in, and it's just like it's like a row, maybe two rows. Uh, so you're here in a row. Then there's a row there, row there, and in front of you is literally like a hundred foot screen, and it's yeah. green, and yeah. then the chairs lift up. Mm-hmm. And you just you you're hang gliding across the world, but you're sitting in a chair and you just you barely move and they blow wind on you. Is Soren the one in the older part of Epcot? Or no, sorry, yeah, no. The, the, I was gonna say, isn't that the one at the Avatar thing? But that's an Animal no. Kingdom. Yeah, that's an Animal Kingdom. No, this this ride was I did it. I only did it once because of my nephew. Everyone else did it twice, but <laughs> and it was and that ends with Tinkerbell. Spoiler. But it was like, mm-hmm. it was, you're just like going and then like 
you see elephants and you could kind of feel like the dust hit you and stuff and but it's it's a green screen i guess but it right yeah but th- like it's the same idea feel, though where yeah. there's nothing th- there's not much to it and you're using mm-hmm. a screen and uh yeah screens are the future look canada's wonderland everybody it was paramount's canada's wonderland and they had a <laughs> and they had a ride called days of thunder and it was just <laughs> you're in a chair and then it'd be like get to the left remember that yeah and they had james, then it turns to james bond and it wasn't as good because it was like james bond doesn't just drive he does he does more than that and then at the end he he made love to a woman and it was very awkward <laughs> sitting in a theater with your parents and all here's oh james you're like <laughs> yeah it's i'm sure it's no different from watching titanic with your parents which i did in the theater <laughs> I didn't, um, I didn't see Titanic in the theater. You haven't lived. Right, I Guess saw what? It, I saw they it make on, it. <laughs> I, I saw it on VHS in two nights. <laughs> VHS cassette a night. That's yeah. how I rolled. I was like, nothing's happened. And the second tape, I was like, oh, everything's happened. Second tape, they, all they say is Jack and Rose. That's the only two lines of dialogue in the second <laughs> tape. Also, I still don't understand why Billy Zane has a gun. I still the part in the movie. I'm like, I don't get it. James Cameron, Chippewa's finest. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, like it was a great episode. I like Reham's not watching it. Uh, I said you need to see what they can do. Just like yeah. watch like five minutes of it. I recommend. Like, I will watch what I want to watch, Brock. I've recommended yeah. this episode to everybody. Yeah, I'm like, you don't have to watch the first three. It's not like that kind of show either. I'm like, just no. watch this show. Yeah. Um, it's. Just, it's so good it's uh it's yeah it's very impressive i'm like wow <laughs> like the scene where he fights the two trandoshans in the second episode i thought that was a real place yeah it's not a real place it's led walls and like one fake rock yeah yeah <laughs> what <laughs> yes yeah, led wall and a fake rock and then the ceiling moves too, so that you have the reflection. And they're like, "We got to use the reflection." I'm like, and when it was like, when you have to remove the green out of the reflection, then you have to add in a reflection. I was like, "That's freaking mm. genius!" Because all you're doing is it's a virtual set. It's the holodeck from Star Trek. It's actually yeah. that's what it's so crazy, and just the way like it moved with the camera, like they had it all. Yeah, set. yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. it's. Ugh. Star Wars is fantastic. The worst. It's the worst. Uh, so, Andrew Fantasia's yeah. fourth episode of Thumb Wars was out, and there's a little nod to Rebel Scum podcast. If anybody has seen the episode and has spotted it, or if you have it and you want to watch it and spot it, let us know. There's no contest, but you win. We'll give <laughs> you, you a shout out. We'll give you a shout out on the show if you spot the Rebel Scum. <laughs> um, I refuse. <laughs> there's a reference there. And he made fake Star Wars music, like uh, copyright-free music for it. Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. It's like do do do. <laughs> Star Wars. What are you gonna do? Star Wars. Oh my God! Is the pandemic over? No, not yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you wouldn't know that if you're at the parks of Toronto. <laughs> I've been calling it the Florida of Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No slam to my Florida friends and family, uh, family in Orlando. <laughs> and she's just as frustrated with her 
fellow Floridians. <laughs> That's the thing, though. It's like, what percentage of yeah. the people are being dum dums right now? And you know, it's everybody wants to prove a point. How about you prove the point yeah. of stay the hell inside so that I can enjoy yeah. my summer outside? Yeah. That's really. I mean, we don't want to be like. I don't know what the word is. Judgmental, I guess. Well, like, cause you and I both have backyards. So it's like, I get it for people in the city where like, Oh yeah. Their, own, their backyard is their local park. But like for people who don't know, uh, a lot of people <laughs> in Toronto decided to fill a park called Trinity Bellwood. There are very more popular. than one parks by the, in Toronto. Yeah. But like, and yeah, that's the thing. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, it's a popular park, but it's not the only park <laughs> or the <laughs> like, best park. Or the best part. <laughs> so sort of like, uh. but you know what? My ice cream store in Streetsville, Murphy's, which is a walk-in use cash only place has opened as well. Uh, it's not really functioning as the same, but it's just like, is you're it, really on the fence where you're like, they need to though? open. I don't know. I didn't go close enough. Cause there's too many people. <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot of places like, have opened and I'm a lot of, yeah. restaurants are takeout yeah. now and that's cool like they gotta they gotta make you know i, I there's a the, the problem is is when you let your guard down so what you got you still yeah. have to i yeah. think it's important to still take precautions when you go out um but go out get your ice cream just don't eat your ice cream and then cough in the person beside you's face or, you know <laughs> like do you want to try my ice cream people. yeah do you want to share Stand ice cream Let's all share a bowl of ice cream and we'll have fondue after. All right, let's do it. Just don't do that. How How long ago was Mother's Day? Over two weeks two now? Two weeks ago now. Two weeks today. Okay, good. Because, like, I spent time with my parents on Mother's Day, or the day before Mother's Day. And as I'm driving home and I'm like, well, I guess I have to wait for two weeks to find out if I passed any germs. And I guess everything was okay. But you know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. it is frustrating. I get it, but. Well, the thing is, you also might have passed gyms and just not known it because they might have they might yeah. be immune to it. Who knows? Yeah, that's the, that's the other thing. I don't know. <laughs> but this is why you should stay inside and watch the fine programming on Disney+. Plus. Watch the gallery. It's great. Yeah. I finished Rambo. Last Blood. No, can I Last just tell? Okay. I have to. No <laughs> Star Wars show, but I got to talk about Rambo Last Blood. Have you seen any Rambos? I don't think so. Okay, so Rambo's great. The last Rambo movie, which was just called Rambo, which I thought was going to be the last Rambo movie. Mm. Perfect. Yeah. Amazing movie. It's actually, I haven't seen it forever, but it's phenomenal. I saw it in the theater and then I bought it. I was like, this is great. It's the only Rambo I own. Mm. I'm sure the first one's better. I don't care. I haven't seen it forever. This Rambo was awesome. So I'm like, I'm going to watch Last Blood. So I'm watching Last Blood. And I'm like, this is the plot of Taken. And then I stopped watching it, if you remember. So it's about his, like, I don't know who she is. His niece gets taken to Mexico. Or she goes to Mexico, and then she gets taken and, like, sold for, you know, the same as taken. Mm-hmm. And Rambo's like, well, I gotta go save him. You know what I mean? We gotta go down. So he goes down there. And he goes down there, and he gets the crap beat out of him. And they scar him up. And then, like, we're gonna do the same to her. And he's like, So he's he's out of it for four days and then she gets taken she gets drugged up and sold and all that stuff and they give her the sky and all that so he takes her so then rambo saves the day but there's still 40 minutes after that 
And I was like, what is the next 40 <laughs> I was like, what is the next 40 minutes gonna be about? So I'm not gonna spoil it all, but it goes from taken to home alone. <laughs> I swear to you. He home, but it's like gory Home Alone. It's like Home Alone mm. if Kevin McAllister was older and wanted people to right. really, really suffer because there's a lot of blood and stuff. <laughs> but he just booby traps his farm, yeah. and the bad guys come, and he, which is also the same as the ending. Said Jane's got a gun, but anyway, he's like booby traps his farm, and they cut to him <laughs> like sharpening his knife about seven times, to the point when I said, I think it's really sharp. <laughs> like it was like I, I, I like I think they reused the same shot again, not to go back to Home Alone, but Home Alone Two: Lost in New York. There's a shot of the bird lady, and they use the same shot two times. So, oh yeah, yeah, it very much is. So it goes from Taken to Home Alone. I feel like whoever wrote it was like, my two favorite movies are Taken and Home Alone. How do I combine them? <laughs> Rambo, and then they put them together, and no Star Wars reference at all. But take, <laughs> Taken and Home Alone. <laughs> Home Alone's got to have a Star Wars reference in it. One of those micro machines has to be like a Millennium Falcon or something. Mm, maybe. Who who made Home Alone? Chris Columbus. He wrote. Grimm no, Alone. I know that, but <laughs> I know Chris Columbus made it. But like, who owns it? Like, it was written, by, it was written by John Hughes, 20th Century Fox, which is Disney now. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, but it wasn't Disney back then. But not at the time, so no. it's like you have to be careful with those things. Yeah, but Chris – okay, let's go. Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Chris Columbus, Steven Spielberg, George Lucas. Done. <laughs> I got to Fair. Star Wars in three degrees of Kevin Bacon without even bringing up <laughs> Kevin Bacon. <laughs> All right, the odds? The odds. Never tell me them. Today's odds about to that. By our Patreon. Patreon. You know you are a lovely Patreon. Ooh, did I just bring the Hollow New song to Patreon? Exclusive. Our Patreons, our patrons are Heidi Fetter, Al Schuler, Barry Brophy, Dennis Allen, Mary Kristen Aton, Jeff Wilson. Phil Staniforth, Janet Rubio, Rachel Alford, Austin Schur, Scott D, Andy Higgins, Josh Price, Mason Hope, Matt W, Rez, Rural Farm Boy. If you need an answer to a trivia, call him. Frank Perkins, <laughs> Sooner Thrawn, Neil Lowry, D Raven, Spencer, Charlie Skywalker, Gleek Play One, Kayla Davis, Automated Joy, Charlotte, Aaron Quinton, Jericho Cade, Girls with Sabras, and. Sabres is the French way of saying savers. We're bilingual in this country. And the, den of, and the den of nerds. Oh, he, I didn't have den of nerds on my list. Uh, because I, I, copy, he... I copied and pasted, and I guess I cut above den of nerds. He's not on mine either. But, he... but, but Josh is still with us, unfortunately. He's, I flew the coop. <laughs> he, he's trying to, but his credit, I, have, I have his credit card info. <laughs> so I just keep linking it every month. Anyway, that's our Patreon. Thank you, everybody, for all of your Patreon support. Really means a lot to us. And I hope uh, nobody. I hope people are doing fireworks tonight in, in glorious U.S. of A. Mm. Uh, this is the weekend that uh, Jurassic Park Two: The Lost World opened up Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> um, nice, huge fan of that. I went to Lost World Day at the Skydome for a Raptors game back in 1990. <laughs> whatever, they gave away a free VHS copy of Jurassic Park. Wow. Not the Lost <laughs> World, but Jurassic Park on Lost World Day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just saying. 
Still nothing in marketing makes sense at the de- at the Sky Dome. Let's just be real. <laughs> you would know better than anybody else. Yep. All right. Today's odds were made up two minutes ago. The <laughs> thank you all, Patreon. Uh, the odds of this is from Heidi Fetter. So last week I mucked up. Aha. Uh-huh. She just wanted to know if any song from the Mandalorian w- from yeah, the holiday it. special would appear. You did. I knew it. Uh, but will any song from the holiday special appear on the Mandalorian from Heidi Fetter? Just bringing us more content every week. So will any song? Any song that's in the oh, holiday yeah. special. I don't remember what I said last week, but I'm going to go 95% because it's just like, that's just so perfect when you think about it just like and just humming it right you don't even have to sing the actual song just hum it and it's just like that's the b arthur song or that's the oh god i I forget what the i want to say donna summers but that's not right uh but yeah or like uh, jefferson starship we go jefferson starship man so good see even that part would be nice he's just like driving in his spaceship and I hear do, 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 do. <laughs> anyway uh, I'm gonna go 91% yeah although you know oh, what so I have great. this feeling though that they're steering like they got that he got that stuff out of his system in season one and now he's focusing <laughs> on like the actual stuff but who knows it'll be fun to see uh, the odds of Timothy Oliphant playing Cobb Vanth. He apparently is going to be in season two, and the rumor is he will be wearing <laughs> Boba Fett's armor. But we all know he can't be Boba Fett. And in Aftermath, uh, a, a character named Cobb Vanth is seen wearing a famous yeah. Mandalorian armor. Famous Mandalorian armor. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go fifth. Seven percent. Like I think that's a good move, but then I don't know. I, Kevin Smith was talking about this too, and he said like, you know that like they're revealing this stuff, and maybe they're just doing it to give us news to something to talk about Star Wars right now. But it's like you know th- these guys are trying to outdo the first season, so it's just like all the stuff they're revealing has nothing to do with what really is going to be like amazing in the show. So it's like. Or it's added sure, yeah. to, to what's amazing, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just like, this is nothing. If this is what they're revealing right now, there's got to be something yeah. more amazing. <laughs> These are your sprinkles. You're going to yeah. love the whole thing. I'm going to go 67. I think it could be legit. I'm just curious, like, if Favreau was like, we'll have a character this season, and it won't be Boba Fett, but he'll wear Boba Fett's armor, and then somebody was like, wow, Cobb Band, we've already created that character. He's like, oh, perfect. Like, I want to know how it works out, because I don't think... I just don't feel like Favreau read the Aftermath trilogy. No. That's just me. Uh, and our final odd today, the odds of John Favreau producing a Star Wars movie for theatrical release when those things open in 2045. Will John Favreau produce a theatrical release of a Star Wars film? Uh, I'm going to go 99.9% because I think it all comes down to if he wants to. I think he does. I mean, it's Maybe just, it's but... producing, and he did produce the first Avengers movie and all that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go 80, think... 83. Yeah, yeah. I think Favreau, if he wants to do something, he's kind of at a point now where people let him do it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I think uh, especially in Star Wars, he kind of yeah, you know, with all the hostility going on in Har- in Star Star Wars, he kind of leveled that playing field. I know people, some people are don't like it, and that not everybody's gonna like everything. Yeah, but it really kind of. I think most Star Wars fans legitimately enjoy it. I think he's at Feige level now where when you mention his name in relation to any project, the people will be like, yes, yes, please. <laughs> Even though Feige, in a sense, didn't direct a movie, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Well, like, Favreau didn't direct an episode in season one either. Correct. Although so. he did knock our socks off with Iron Man yeah. 1 and then pulled the socks down in yeah. Iron Man 2. Yeah. Crushed it with Elf. Yeah. And look... We'll go to news in a second, but the thing with Elf that I think is the most impressive is is when I remember when I saw it in the theater, I loved it. I was like, and I saw it early November, you know, like Harold and Kumar Christmas time. Like mm-hmm. you're like it's too early for Christmas, but I'm gonna go see this movie because I want to see it. And I remember being like, that was awesome. Next year we'll find out if it'll if it'll be a classic, and it's definitely become a classic Christmas movie. Elf. Elf. People yeah. watch, like Elf is people look forward to watching Elf every year. It's like yeah. it's hit that I think it's hit that mark. Which is not easy to do. Like move Christmas no. movies have come and gone. And I might be like, I have to watch this one every Christmas. But that's me. I think yeah. as a society, Elf is right up there. Yeah. Christmas story, obviously. I think Vacation It's a Wonderful Life. Um, Miracle of Thirty Four. Like like it's reached that level. I'd argue that most people know him for Elf. I think Iron Man definitely comes close, but I think your typical person will be like, "Oh yeah, he did Elf, right?" And I'm like, "Yes." Yeah, yeah, you might be right because I think Iron Man is that MCU where people don't really think of that stuff anyway. No, yeah. Elf is probably right. I always will think of him as the UFC fighter from Friends. That was him, right? <laughs> sure. I can't remember. <laughs> I have, I've only seen season one of Friends, so. No, he wasn't a UFC fighter. He was like, he like, he was rich or something, and he was dating Monica. I don't even know, but yeah. he was terrific. He wrote Swingers, wrote and directed Made, then he stopped writing, and now yep. he's reading The Mandalorian and Chef. Chef is so good. I mean, well, didn't he write Mandalorian? That's what I said. Oh. Yeah, he didn't write until Mandalorian. Gotcha, gotcha. Kind of, but he wrote Chef. <laughs> yeah chef you know we're like who are the two beautiful women in that uh sofia vergara and scarlett johansson and they're like yeah favreau favreau good favreau <laughs> yeah we're up for favreau i'm like <laughs> and then he comes out and says and i give you the prestige <laughs> <laughs> hey man that movie made me hungry yeah all right hollow news Hollow news. Hollow news. My mic is off. Bye. Hollow news. I gotta write my top five. No. Right now. Ben Schwartz apparently was interviewed recently and was talking about Star Wars because if you didn't know, he was one of the vocal consultants for BB 8 in Star Wars The Force Awakens and then again in Rise of Skywalker. Along with uh, Bill Hader, they were just, they literally were just there to kind of like create the noise and, or, well, not create the noise, more of like they were conversing with the actors. So they kind of gave what the actors heard, uh, the, that personality, so that they could act off it. He was talking about if he had any 
any uh, props or pieces of Star Wars memorabilia. And apparently when he was being shown the Millennium Falcon, he was looking at a piece of the set where some insulation was poking through. And, you know, like anyone else would, he started to pull at it. She's so like, oh, we got to get this out of here. But then it started to keep pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling. So he panicked and put it in his pocket. And he now has that insulation sitting in a jar at his home. <laughs> so that's kind of neat. A little Star Wars thing. I, I uh, also, while researching this, apparently Ben Schwartz wrote some of the dialogue for C-3PO in Rise of Skywalker, which is kind of cool. It yes. doesn't really specify when, he, but like, sorry, mm-hmm. I, he did say on he was on a talk show. I think it was Jimmy Fallon. He mentioned one of the yeah. lines that he wrote. On oh, that. do you remember which one? It was uh, when they're in the space uh, snakes cave, and he goes, "I'm fine, thanks." No one asked me. Yeah, yeah. He wrote that line. That was one of the. He didn't say I the other ones. <laughs> yeah, he wrote that one. He didn't write. He didn't mention the other ones that he wrote, but he did write that one. That's awesome. Like it just. I mean, I think if anything you take away from Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker is that C-3PO is really funny in that movie. Uh, Simon Pegg would like to be Dengar in The Mandalorian. Uh, if you know this or not, Simon Pegg, of course, was Uncle Plutt in Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> Force Unwakened, but he's also voiced Dengar in, in both uh, Star Wars Battlefront and The Clone Wars, I assume the show. I should have looked it up. I don't know. I don't know if it's just a Clone Wars video game. But uh, he he definitely has mentioned it to people like Taika Watiti and John Favreau. And if they bring Dengar in, he really, really hopes that he can, he can be that person. Uh, but yeah, he said that to Collider, and that would be, I think, a good move. Though... I don't see, I don't see uh, Simon Pegg when I think Dengar, but also I don't see Simon Pegg when I think Uncle Plot. But he was in there. <laughs> uh, and in sad news, uh, the meme, the very memeable, uh, uh, well known by Star Wars fans, Ken Nightingale passed away last week. I believe you might know him better as the Pink Shorts Boom Guy. That is was made famous from a picture from the uh, set in Tunisia for A New Hope. He's literally wearing just pink shorts and holding a boom pole up in the air. Uh, he passed away at the age of 92. He also enjoyed the fact that people really picked him out of that picture that you would see in behind-the-scenes shots. <laughs> um, and he, he had a pretty elaborate uh, uh, career. He worked on the Michael Caine version of Alfie and, and several different Bond movies. So uh, thank you for everything you brought to us with the pink shorts. <laughs> and this has been your Hollow News. How we do it? I can't even tell what you're playing. Jefferson Starship. Oh, okay. <laughs> From the greatest holiday special of all time, Star Wars Episode 3 Holiday Special. That's for high. Is this what it's like when uh, Rebel Girl's playing? <laughs> no, I actually play Rebel Girl off the... It doesn't sound like I'm playing it from a phone. It sounds legit. <laughs> legit! Top 5! We celebrated Top an five. anniversary this week. The anniversary of... We've been at home in this pandemic for four and a half years. Uh, 
the top five mo it's the 40th anniversary of the empire strikes back arguably the best star wars movie and i would yeah. argue that it's not they are all the <laughs> best star you know what i can't stand i can't stand where people are like it's the 40th anniversary of colon my favorite colon star wars movie <laughs> congratulations you have a favorite uh, it's fine it's the 40th anniversary of Colin, my third or fourth or fifth or first or second, I don't know, yeah. of a Star Wars movie. It's called The Empire Strikes Back. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe you have not. It is – it's like The Last Jedi but in the reverse order. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and it's funny because some tidbits, they use salt on Hoth and create as salt. Ryan Johnson. <laughs> uh <laughs> can't wait till 40 years from there actually i you know what i can wait for the 40th anniversary of the last jedi because i'll be effing old and i have no interest in that you know who can wait kevin and this is where i announced that i will be launching my kevin can wait podcast <laughs> that's so kevin <laughs> is this all about baby yoda <laughs> i couldn't remember what's that guy's name uh, King of Queens. What's that guy's Kevin name? Kevin James. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Kevin James. The name is literally in the title. Kevin can wait, and I couldn't remember. <laughs> top ten. Top top five. Arguably, Kevin, which is a better it. show, King of Queens or According to Jim? Because I am a oh, huge King of Queens, <clears throat> just specifically for Jerry Stiller. R.I.P. Oh, true. But but according to Jim, the brother-in-law is hilarious but like you get jerry stiller in that that show plus Patton oswald's like the funny friend and then there's like another yeah, big Patton guy oswald came in later on after they kicked that rocco guy out right 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 but like no wait no like, Patton oswald was always there they kicked out the rocco guy for like the guy who looks like kevin james real life brother who probably is right 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 it's uh I feel that King of Queens still kills it because they have basically that brother-in-law character times five in that show. You're right. But according it's to... A whole, it's a whole show of short, stocky guys. But according to Jim, has Jim Belushi playing harmonica off the top. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I can't fight that. <laughs> I actually I saw Jim Belushi and Dan Eckert at SARS stock 2005. Whatever that was, whatever SARS, 2004, 5, 3, when was SARS? Yeah. They had the SARS stock in Toronto, and, and Jim Belushi and Dan Aykroyd hosted that show. I can't wait till Coronarama. <laughs> Where? Sorry, I have a top five moments from The Empire Strikes Back. If you guys have a top five moments from The Empire Strikes Back, let us know in the yeah. comments down below. My number five is when Chewie puts C-3PO back together again and has him in his little... Ch I always loved that as a kid. He's like holding him, carrying him around. Nah, nah. Oh, hey, watch where you're going. That's my impression. I'm very good at them. Uh, I love when he's trying to put his leg on, and I love that stuff. Bonding. Uh, <laughs> my number five... It's going to be, I think, I think I like the idea that the, the Millennium Falcon just floats away from the Star Destroyer. I like the fact that it's just like, oh yeah, the Star Destroyer is so big that they don't yeah. even notice there's a ship latched to them. Which I feel like they use that in a sequel trilogy movie. Like the idea of that, not the same thing. But they're like, they won't notice us, we're so small. No, 
Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I think Rise I of think Skywalker's like, something to that, but not really. Like when uh, Jango Fett chases uh, Obi Wan in uh, Attack of the Clones, it's similar to that. Yeah. Uh, my number four is Yoda using the Force to lift the Falcon, which we later see in the sequel trilogy movie, The Rise yeah. of Skywalker, which everybody hates, but I think it's it's a perfect ending to Luke's journey. <laughs> My number four is going to be the bounty hunters. Just standing in a row, and that's it. <laughs> awesome. Without that, we don't have the Mandalorian. So there you go. It's actually, if you haven't read the article, Jeff Johnson on uh, Joe Johnson, Jeff, that's the guy I work with, Joe Johnson on StarWars.com, read mm-hmm. it. Uh, it's very good. He talks about how they came up with the concept for the Mandalorian, oh, yeah. and it's a really good article. Um, number three, the Wampa attack. Love <laughs> that opening. Love it. Love it. I mean, look. Arguably, when Han, when Han opens up the Tauntaun, I always every time I have an orange and I see the inside of an orange, I think of the inside of a Tauntaun. Since I was a kid, that's what I. Also, getting my Yoda figure stuck in the Tauntaun figure as a child—that was a lot. You're like, ah, I can't get it out. <laughs> that's not in the movie, but that's that's up there for me. <laughs> <laughs> my number three is gonna be uh and i thought they were they smell bad on the oh, outside that's arguably <laughs> the hardest part to do with a toy so like do you think that part is actually shot in norway or is it on a set that's on like, an led screen no that was i think that was all in norway <laughs> is all of it in norway i mean like obviously they are in norway because we know they go there but I like i think it's all norway because like that makes me wonder of like, because you know how he says that he's like on the outside, like he's tired of lifting him. And I'm like, I wonder if that's like I've been outside in a, a blizzard. It probably, there's not even acting. <laughs> uh, I think it was on Norway. Though then, just prior to that, uh, Obi Wan appears to Luke, uh, and that's the first time we see Obi Wan since like a New Hope sacrifices him on the Death Star. Like that's kind of probably. Well, I mean, I don't think George Lucas just created that like idea of like see through, right? It's just like mm-hmm. film on top of film, and then Han just shows up. I'm like, wow, that's like that was like revolutionary yeah, at the well, time for it to look so real, and then he wasn't there, but like, and then now we have the the volume. <laughs> Star Wars hasn't won an Oscar since A New Hope. Wow, really? That's the dumbest thing you've ever heard in your life. Haven't they like weren't won like effects and stuff like that? No, it lot Phantom Menace lost to the Matrix. Uh, That's kind of a joke. Mm. Like Jeez. Bullet Time was cool, but Jar Jar Binks was a living thing talking to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like anyway. Uh my number two. I always thought when Han was being, you know, when he's when Vader's got him, he's like, ah, ah, ah. I when as a kid, I was like, Oh, they're preparing him to freeze him. He was actually getting tortured. My number two is Han frozen in carbonite. <laughs> my number two is basically just yoda in general i can't really choose a moment because it's sort of yeah like the oh, fact that uh, he pretends to be something else is like yeah. pretty awesome and then like seeing what like they can do with a puppet looks so good and then like yeah all the scene where they go into where luke goes into the dark hollow what do they call that like the, the cave. force cave yeah, yeah. Um, the cave of wonders. 
Uh, so yeah, I'm just gonna lump that all together. I think Yoda is great. Uh, my number one is uh, I don't think many people would suspect it, but it's I am your father. I cheat. <laughs> oh my god, that's mine too. <laughs> oh my god, it was funny because I don't think either one of us had it on our top five Skywalker saga <laughs> moments. I, it, look, it that is the most reference line in cinema history, probably, yeah. arguably one of them, if not top five for sure. But it's up there, uh, and it's a great movie. And it, and the, the thing with that moment, for better or worse, is it changed the franchise. Yeah, yeah. With that one line of dialogue, yeah. then now moving forward, every Star Wars thing has to have some kind of twist. <laughs> yeah, even though they don't. Yeah, I mean, no, not really. Well, sisters Leia, but it shouldn't have been. But it was. But it, I mean, it shouldn't have been. But it wasn't initially supposed to be. Anyway, those are our top five Skywalker saga moments. And we want to remind you that you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts. It's not Google Play Music anymore. It's Google Podcasts. They sent me an email to let me know. Oh, really? They're like, we are changing. I'm like, I thought you already did. But anyway. <laughs> Does Google Play Music still exist? I think so. But we're in the podcast section. I, yeah. I don't really understand it. I think it's separate. Right. They sent an email. I thought that a change already happened like a year ago, but now it's official. Um, and wherever else you get your podcast, I'm sure you can find us. And we're right here on yeah. YouTube as well. Brock, any final words for everybody listening to us today? Um, if still Jones and to watch some Empire Strikes Back, check uh, Fat Man Beyond, Kevin Smith, and Mark Bernardin did a watch-along Empire Strikes Back. So those are always fun. I don't know if you want looking for a new way to watch it. I'm not. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I only said that because I'm James and you were always scum. Rebel scum. Hey, scumbags. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up on our video. As always, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rebel Scum Podcast, for all the latest videos.